Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. There's no chance you're going to guess what that man is going to say and what his voice sounds like. Okay. Yum, yum, yummy. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network, a fine network. It's Tuesday, January 10th, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Good day, everybody. Good day. Next to Tassius, the bearded one, Matasha Hot Boy, looking sharp today, Trey Kirby. hey yo hey yo And last but not least, over yonder, making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is, and behind him, in the background, <laughs> helping him out, pushing <laughs> the fingers. buttons, it's Eshua Kid. There he is. Hey! What's up, Eshua? How y'all doing? Good, good, good. Good to have you here. Learning from the best in JD. Uh, shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. Sorry we're a little late. Traffic, nuts out there, eh? Yeah, you know, it's Tuesday. I think everybody's a little slow on Tuesdays. Eh, possibly. Uh, hit the like button. Comment away in the stream team. Subscribe to No Dunks if you haven't done that. We're getting oh so close to 60K. We love what's happening right now. We thought we'd get there by All-Star Weekend. We're getting there by today's show. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Maybe a little much. Uh, we'll see how this Utah Watanabe short does for the rest of today. <laughs> you think that's bringing in some subscriptions? We only need 431 more, Skeets. All right. Let's make it happen. Let's find those heroes today. Yep. Uh, we're getting very close to 60K. Thanks, everybody that's already subscribed. And, yeah, keep sharing the show with your NBA friends and family. Send in your questions and comments to nodunksattheathletic.com or tweet them in at nodunksinc. And uh, hey, join us tonight for another NBA watch party on playback. Yes, we're going to start around 7.30 p.m. Eastern. I guess we'll begin with the uh, Thunder Heat game and That's then right. bounce around to some other NBA games, whatever yeah. uh, tickles our fancy. It's uh, the start of the TNT doubleheader, so everyone should have access to it. I'm sure we'll jump over to Donovan Mitchell returning to Utah. Oh, yeah. Get that. Boo slash cheer session at the beginning of the game, 9 Eastern. Come on by. It's free. It's fun. Watch with us. Yeah, the link to get yourself set up with a free playback account, it's in the YouTube description below. So go click on that. And then all you got to do is, yeah, use your TV provider or subscriber or whatever to log in. And then you can watch the games with us. You can see our little face right there on screen. We can bring you up on stage and talk to you, uh, and there's a big chat and all that. So it's a lot of fun. So uh, check it out tonight. Again, uh, no dunk, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Like uh, Tass said, we'll start with the Thunder Heat game, and then we'll bounce around, I'm sure. Okay, on today's pod, we're going to discuss uh, Kevin Durant's injury update. That broke, what, an hour or two after we wrapped up yesterday's pod, so we'll get into that and whether the Nets can survive. We'll also talk about some Gary Trent Jr. trade rumors floating around the internet. But let's start with the games, because we had a couple good ones. Uh, I feel like the good teams won last night. But some had to come back in their games, and that was the Milwaukee Bucks coming from 17 down to stop the Knicks' four-game win streak, um, but entertaining big shots being made. It was like Drew Holiday versus Jalen Brunson mm-hmm. down the stretch of this one. What would you think? 
What a game. First off, the fourth quarter was amazing. I hope people who are watching the college championship turned over to the best game of the night. <laughs> it was Knicks, Bucks, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, Jalen Brunson showed why he can be the offense unto himself. He was phenomenal in that fourth quarter. Just set a pick for him. 44 points. You must be excited, Skeets. His true career high. <laughs> That's right, right. Surpassing <laughs> his 41 points that he put up against the Jazz without... Luka Doncic last year in the postseason, why the uh, Knicks said, yeah, we'll pay this guy 25 mil, no problem. He took 30 shots in this game. Again, looked ridiculously efficient doing it, 18 in the fourth quarter. I don't know how the Mavs let him go. I know it's uh, midseason, and I'm still talking about it, but it's still surprising to me. I just, I can't. Should have hired his dad. (laughs) Should have hired his dad. Well, they should have just paid the dude. I mean, I'm sure he's underpaid now uh, at 25 mil. Anyway, um, the Bucks needed somebody to help out on the other end. They're down 17, as you said. Mm-hmm. They needed a, a perimeter player to step up. Yanis had a tough night in this one. Only six made field goals. The Knicks were doing an incredible job. Only one bucket in transition. He had a three. He had a jumper. I mean, he really wasn't doing Yanis-type things. So they needed a perimeter guy, and it was Drew Holiday, as you said there. There was a play, 2.30 left. Drew Holiday picked up uh, Jalen Brunson, as he was uh, a lot of the game. Jalen Brunson got in and scored a little too easily. That's when Drew Holiday clapped in frustration. That's when he turned it on. Mm. Ten points at the end of the game. Three huge step backs. Ten points of the fourth quarter were just there after that play. That's when he got angry. Sometimes it just takes something to get Drew angry. Those ten points, that was the game right there. Uh, Three huge step backs. Joe Ingles helped out Giannis, but Giannis, again, wasn't himself, so they needed somebody desperately. They need perimeter scoring. They need Chris Middleton back, but... When you get a, a performance like that from Drew, you don't, but you don't often get that. That's a, Those are special Drew games. That that step back is it's different looking. It's like a jump step. It's a huge yeah, step back. Was, it's a two-footer. It was very, very far. He created some room there. We had a weird game, too, because he picked up three fouls like right away yeah. in guarding Brunson. So he goes to the bench. He didn't, I don't even think, scored or hit a shot for a majority of the game. And then, like you said, came on late. Joe Ingles, I'm glad you slipped him in there because you've been talking him up as like, wow, this guy's going to be a difference maker. He could be, at least for the Bucks moving forward and in playoff series. This is his best game of the season, season high 17. I mean, that pick and roll already, him and Giannis, that is dangerous stuff there. Um, but fun, fun game. And like the Bucks couldn't hit a three. And then they couldn't miss a three in the fourth quarter. I think they hit eight in the final frame. That uh, was a big part of it. Drew Holiday, Brooke hit one in the corner. To, to pull this out. What do you think, uh, TK? Well, first and foremost, go dogs. I think, <laughs> I think it should be said, go dogs. When, did, when, did you, uh, when did you turn it off? I stuck through halftime. Okay. Yeah. No. You know, I didn't necessarily think the frogs were going to hop back into it in the second <laughs> half, but I had to see some highlights the from TCU Stetquavius. Frogs? TCU frogs? Horn, Horn frogs. frogs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't watch a minute. Horn frogs, huh? Yeah, there was a clip going around last night of Luka Doncic holding a horned frog. Did you see he that? Was, he was yeah, there. I the also game. saw an IG live clip of him. He said the F word, not frogs. Oh. Yeah. Farts. <laughs> <laughs> it all came down to three-point shooting. That's what this whole game was. The Bucks were 11 for 32 through the first three quarters. Basically 33%. 8 of 17 in the fourth quarter. That's how they won it. Yeah. That's I- it. That's really it. You got to make some threes out there. Like Giannis can score inside. Brooke can score inside. He had a couple of threes in the fourth quarter as well that Mm -hmm. I thought were huge. But the reason Joe Ingles was on the court was because he was hot from three as well. Cool to see him closing things out. It all came down to having extra space out there. And when the shots are dropping, it's tough to beat the Bucs. Yeah, the Knicks were absolutely collapsing on Giannis. So the three-point shots were wide open. Giannis had a tough night. Uh, Everybody collapsing. Really... 
didn't look like Giannis at all. Uh, he had a couple buckets were off second chance points even, the three, uh, the one alley from Joe Ingles, which was quite pretty, one jump shot, but only like one transition, literally one transition bucket from Giannis in this well, game. Some credit Knicks to Mitchell Robinson good. and Randall. Yeah. And oh, absolutely. Well, and they, the, they were the officials were, uh, you know, outside of Drew Holiday picking up those early fouls. I thought they were really letting them play last mm-hmm. night. That's... That was a physical game. It actually made it quite enjoyable. Not a whistle every second play that was stopping it. They were like letting them go at it. And Breen kept pointing that out in Frazier on the call. Absolutely. Right? That's yeah. why if you're watching the college football championship, you want to see some men hit each other but have a close <laughs> game come on over to msg hopefully uh yeah. and the nba got some casual fans over last night <laughs> you think people were no stopping watching no. the college football championship to fire up uh, the bucks and knicks no. on league pass no, no. It, it was an lp game i do wish it was a, a national right. televised game right uh but no there if you're a stetson fan you know you're a stetson fan <laughs> already talk of a a three-peat georgia what a program what a program people are saying they've seized the college football title and number one spot from the University of Alabama. Oh, took it from uh, Saban. Took it from Saban. Saban Kirby out. time. Kirby well, Oh, yeah. How do you feel about that? As a well, he's a Kirby so guy. I'd, I'd like to see him change uh, the spelling of his first name uh, personally. But uh, speaking of football, it looked like Julius Randle was playing football out there. One of 12 from the three-point line. If he's got a shot, if he shoots better than nine for 29, the Knicks might win this game. He just did not have it going. And you could tell in the fourth quarter he was hesitating to take jump shots that were wide yeah. open and driving it into Brooke Lopez and Giannis Antetokounmpo, which is kind of a losing proposition. Yeah, it's a, it was a weird Randall game. Let's just say that. Like you said, the one for 12 from three. But he also like really contributed, too. I thought he did a good job after could not being able to hit a shot at the in the first quarter at all. Finished with 25, 16, and five assists, a couple steals. He was a positive when he played. He was the, a plus uh, two there in the uh, plus-minus box score. So... Yeah, good game from him. Weird game, I should say, from him. And quickly, too, uh, starting there for no R.J. Barrett, who they thought might play and then didn't play. Uh, he played a lot. I mean, it's a it's a Tibbs-like uh, uh, rotation there, and they're missing bodies. I get that. But he played 43 minutes, but he was good. He was huge in the second quarter, 23 points for quickly. But the Bucks pull it out, and yeah, at times, the Bucks they do feel Mavericks-like because of the three-point shooting. It's like when the threes are dropping... They seem un, you know, unbeatable, and when they go, when they dry up a little bit, then it's much more difficult because, outside of Giannis, they don't have a lot of guys that like attack the rim, put pressure on the rim. So if you can have the bodies and make the wall and make it difficult, maybe the whistle's tough that night and slow Giannis. There's like Drew Holiday doesn't really even attack the rim all that much anymore. It's just like they just spread the floor. I mean, that's where Joe Ingles does help. At least he can handle the ball and. Yeah, maybe not finishing at the rim or dunking on anyone, but at least putting some pressure at getting around the free throw line, and then you got to make a decision. Are we afraid about the Giannis Are we afraid about Ingles, obviously, kicking it out or maybe taking a jump around the free throw line? But For sure. Yeah, they, they, they rely heavy, heavily right now, like a lot of teams, on that three-point shot. But they hit him in the fourth, and it was entertaining. Tibbs was pushing the right buttons. Build that wall on Giannis, and he wasn't going into the lane. He, I mean, he went to the free throw line a, a good amount, but it was tough, tough sledding for him, and... Yeah, the Knicks almost pulled it up. Just give the ball to Jalen in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah. Let it go. He was fantastic. He couldn't miss. Uh, all right, our next game here. We'll stick in the East. Uh, at the top, the Celtics beat your Bulls. But it was close. 107-99. Uh, and it really was even closer than that. They improve, Boston does, to 29-12. and NBA's best record uh, at the halfway mark here. But uh, what would you think of, uh, of this game? Bulls-Celtics. I watched that documentary 
that Jonah Hill made about his therapist recently, yeah, Stutz. I've seen that. One of his uh, tips is be the guy who puts on one more pearl every day. Just do one more action every day to keep moving forward. Right. That's what I was reminded of from the Boston Celtics. They just kept making one more play in the fourth quarter. Like Zach Levine was dragging the Bulls back in the fourth, went for 15, got it down to a two-point lead. Eventually, mm-hmm. he had a pretty tough miss, pretty tough shot, to be quite honest, with about a minute left. But I thought the Celtics did a great job of beating up the glass. Six rebounds on the offensive end in the fourth quarter. They didn't score on most of those, but just it's demoralizing to keep giving up three-point attempt, three-point attempt, three-point attempt. Finally, they miss, but it's like, 45-second possessions, which are a pain uh, if you're trying to pull an an upset. And then hitting the big shots. Jason Tatum grabbed a rebound after that Zach Levine miss. He brought it up, got double-teamed, got off the ball just in time, gets it to Al Horford in the corner, who rattled home (laughs) a a three. But that pushed the lead to five. Levine came down, missed a three-pointer, and that was really the game. But the Celtics just made every single play that they needed to. They certainly thought that they – were home, I thought, going into the fourth quarter with DeRozan going down. Uh, but Levine did what he could to make it close. The Celtics were just the better team, and they made their shots when they absolutely needed to. We got a Stutz reference. I love it. Uh, a Stetson and a Stutz. <laughs> Stetson Stutz. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a, a game where the Celtics finally started Rob Williams. They haven't started him all season long, coming back from injury, and that well, Marcus was the Smart lineup. out of was a big maybe a part of that decision, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, they're preserving Robert Williams too. He mm-hmm. coming back from injury, he was the guy as the starting center that got them to the NBA Finals. And Jason Tatum said, "Finally, felt like we were whole again after the game." And then he said, "Oh yeah, Marcus Smart's not playing." So <laughs> oh, yeah, not, 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 not extremely accurate, but, but but Tatum had been talking over the last week or so about he wanted Robert Williams in the starting yeah. lineup. Sort of was yeah. kept alluding to that, so he got his wish there. He did. And, and it's not just because they're best buds, Tatum and Robert Williams, the bestest of buds. Even Jalen Brown talked about it after the game. I know we're scoring. I know we're, we're, we're doing a great job offensively. But to get to where we want to go, to be better defensively, we need Robert Williams on the floor. And it, it's kind of slid under the radar a little bit just because they are the best team in basketball, that their defense hasn't been incredible. They got up to top 10 which is literally 10th uh, defensively, but they're a better team than that. And they're still preserving Robert Williams because he's literally on a minutes restriction right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's it's funny that they are the best team in basketball, but they can still improve on that end. He played a season-high 23 minutes, and when him and Al Horford were on the floor together, the Bulls shot only 36%. They just went big uh, against the Bulls. It was either Horford or Grant Williams, who played great in the fourth quarter, at power forward for all 48 minutes, Jason Tatum, knocked down to uh, the small forward possession. He, uh, he didn't play power forward at all. They kept the Bulls to under 100 points. That is the recipe, I think, that for them to, to win. But they've shown they can play both ways. Mm-hmm. They can go, you know, scale up a little bit and uh, scale down with Malcolm Brogdon handling the ball along with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and whoever. They've got, they've got a heck of decisions, a great amount of decisions for a Missoula to make. They can go guard heavy they can go huge they got it they got it all Mm -hmm. that's why they're the best team in basketball it's still early here of course on a Tuesday no update I assume on DeMar DeRozan and him leaving this game last night I didn't see an update this morning but it seemed like a pretty minor thing he just foot kind of clipped Horford while he was trying to make a move he said he'd been playing through quad discomfort anyways it seized up on him DeRozan doesn't miss games very often (laughs) I think he's played the most regular season games in the league since he came into the league they don't play until Wednesday. Wow. 
So, I mean, there's a chance, I suppose, he misses that game. I think they play at Washington. Uh, but my guess is that he'll be back pretty quickly. Yeah, and he hasn't missed a game this season, right? Um, I think that is true. Wow. I think that's true. Iron Man. MVP. Best, availability, best ability is availability. <laughs> <laughs> MVP. Uh, one little positive note here for the Bulls I just noticed. I think I saw it going around Twitter last night, and I just fact-checked it, and it was like, wow. Patrick Williams hitting his three-point shots right now. He's on a bit of a heater from distance. Over his last seven games, he's basically always knocking down two or three. Only had one game where he went one for three uh, from deep. He had a two for seven in there, but for the most part, he's like hitting these at a decent clip here. And I know this is a polarizing player in Patrick Williams, uh, but this is a nice little stretch here where he's uh, at least, uh, you know, the idea of being like a three and D type guy, well, you need to hit some threes. And uh, he's knocking them down in a solid clip over the last seven here, Trey. I'm sure. Uh, I mean, he's 42% fans are from about the it. field from three for the season. So Jeez. he's knocking them down. They're almost always wide open. And like you're saying, the defense is coming along. He did the best job of anybody for the Bulls on Tatum to the point where in the third quarter they were running pick and rolls just to get Patrick Williams off Tatum. Then unfortunately, Tatum would go and cook whoever the switch was, usually Zach Levine. But uh, yeah, sure. Um, Patrick Williams for Scotty Barnes. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. Yeah, forty-seven percent from three over his last seven here. Yeah, so he's uh, he's increased it a little bit, but pretty good over the season at all. It doesn't take a ton, 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 but he's in his lane right now, taking four or five over this little run. All right, what about Gary? Sorry, Scotty unavailable. What about Gary Trent Jr.? Save it. Still not good enough. Save it. Still still not doing it. Patrick Williams playing the best basketball of his career right now. Uh, Jamal Murray and Jokic lead the charge as the Nuggets beat the Lakers 122-109. to Another triple-double for the Joker. 14 points, 11 boards, 16 assists. Didn't miss a shot from the field. Five for five. Shot five times. Didn't miss from the free throw line. Three for three. And he became the fifth player in NBA history to record that perfect (laughs) triple-double. I saw Ghostface Ziller wanted to remove the perfect because he did have turnovers. I guess he really shouldn't have turnovers if you want to really truly be perfect. But anyway, that's wild. This guy, and you saw some of these highlights, some of these dimes. This one I was sharing last night. I still can't figure out how the hell he made that pass. I thought he was passing to two other people on the floor (laughs) until he, like, his fingernails somehow wrap around the ball and he sees Aaron Gordon screaming down the middle. I think it caught Aaron Gordon by surprise. He's like, holy, okay, I guess it's to me. And then he sort of like gathered it and dunked it. Um, and he had a couple other beauties too. It's just unbelievable. And it's contagious. Uh, Christian Brown had like a Jokic-like pass. Good passing leads to better passing, Tess. Yeah, it was contagious Caldwell Pope out there. <laughs> <laughs> team doing it. It was a, a Draymond Green-type triple-double. Not even shooting the ball uh, and just getting it done. Draymond Green, I think... If you're uh, an internet person with the other mysterious pass of the season, I'm sure you guys saw that. The one where he put through his legs to Clay Thompson. Where did the ball <laughs> yeah, go? Yeah. From that one angle, it yeah. was like a magic trick. Yeah. yeah, same with Jokic yesterday. The overhead on the backboard. Where the hell is that pass going? And yeah, he finds uh, he finds him. Hey, Lakers, obviously no Bron, yeah. uh, no Anthony Davis. They keep fighting. And uh, you expect uh, the Nuggets to take care of business at home where they are 17-3 and three and uh, tied with the Grizzlies for the one seed in the West. But a, a very good fight uh, for Thomas Bryant fighting uh, Jokic. That was fun to watch. Those two big men beefing it. Uh, Bryant with, uh, you know, doing what he could, uh, throwing down uh, a, a big dunk there in the second, 17-10 and 10, uh, for him against Jokic. What more is there to say other than uh, Cole Swider's a cool name? <laughs> uh, hitting shots off the bench for the Lakers. That's about it. Nothing more to say. This was a 13-point blowout. This game was not even close. This game was not 
going to the Lakers at any point. It felt like the Nuggets were in cruise control and just completely dominating this game. Jokic took five shots, and they romped because Jamal Murray had probably his best game of the season. He was really physical. He was in the lane all the time. He took 29 shots, so you can let Jokic just hang out and pick people apart and, you know get five attempts for a perfect game. He's <laughs> perfect he's game. cognizant of that kind of stuff, I do believe. He's like, I got five makes. I'm good. <laughs> That's <laughs> enough. But, man, this never felt like it was tilting in right. the Lakers' direction because, like, if Jokic wanted to start scoring, he could. But they couldn't stop Jamal Murray, so why? Right. Yeah. Murray was on one. Yep. And uh, coming for uh, Shea's title as best Canadian <laughs> in to, the world. Coming to get it back. Coming he? to get it back because yeah. he had it for a while, but yeah. they got injured. S- starting to look like Jamal Murray. I mean, he's been looking like him for a while, but. Like takeover Jamal Murray was was fun yesterday. Uh, just to I almost wa- I was gonna make this a trivia question, but like it's almost impossible for you guys to guess these names when it comes to the perfect triple double, like not missing a field goal or a free throw to go with that trip dub from Statitudes here for other people along with Jokic. Any guesses at any names who have ever done it? Uh, Will Chamberlain. No, it's all happened in the last um, six years. Was Draymond Green one? No, not Draymond. Lan- I mean Lance Stevenson. No. Nurkic. <laughs> no. Mm. Think of uh, Mr. Triple Double. He did it once. Russell Russ. Westbrook. Westbrook did it once. Mm. 2017. Wasn't, wasn't shooting that night, huh? <laughs> I know. It's a wild <laughs> that's one. That's a surprise. And then the three <laughs> other ones are so difficult. Like We can get there. You can get there. Um, ben Yuzo. One guy, no. uh, I think he was a number two pick, played with... Evan Turner. There you go. Nice. Good stuff. 2019, Good April he, game. He's a Triple Double guy. Uh, current player... Uh, He's on an Eastern Conference team. He's a backup guard. And, uh, you know, he's always, like, tied to some trade rumors. He's a scrappy player. He probably only has, like, a handful of triple-doubles to his name. Maybe. I can't imagine he has Ricky Rubio? No, 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 no. I mean, he's injured. TJ McConnell? Yes! Mm. TJ. March 3rd, 2021. Final one. Big guy. We were just talking about his team. I don't know if this guy got a triple-double with blocks or assists. Robert Williams? Robert Williams the third. There you go. Good job, Probably guys. Blocks. Westbrook, Turner, McConnell, Time Lord, and Jokic. Shout out to Statitudes uh, for the perfect triple-doubles in NBA history. Uh, the other games last night, I'm going to chuck them all at you. Grizzlies, they withstood a late rally to defeat the Spurs, 121-113. We had the Jones brothers going head-to-head at the point guard position. That was fun. Uh, Harrison Barnes scored 30 as the Kings blew out the Magic 136-111. They hit a million three-pointers. And then C.J. McCollum scored 34 as the Pelicans beat the Wizards 132-112. That was sort of a close game, and then I started watching it, and the Pelicans went on a 15-0 run, and the game was over. Just like that. Uh, Any thoughts on either of those three games? Yeah, they went on that run using their depth. We talk about uh, the Pelicans' depth a lot. We talk about the Grizzlies' depth a lot. And we connect those two teams as in they've got a star, but their depth makes them a really, really great regular season team. They're so good. They can come at you with their third-string guys. That's what the Pelicans are doing here without Zion Williamson, without Brandon Ingram. They are deep. Guys who are you know, sort of in the rotation, like uh, Devontae Graham uh, and uh, Jackson Hayes coming through in, in this game. Just, just doing it, going hard, and uh, yeah, that's it. They pulled away. They pulled away. Chris uh, Porzingis, I think, saw Lowry Markkinen's huge dunk the other night and said, "I want to do that too." And he tried to <laughs> thrunk it, uh, which was really, really weird. Uh, but that kind of an embarrassing loss uh, for the Wizards to get popped like that. Uh, again, Pelicans are are playing 
They're third-string guys, and uh, they outplayed the Wizards. I thought their physicality really caught up to Washington as the game went on. 12 offensive rebounds for the Pelicans. They also had nine steals. They just won the possession battle, and you could really see it when uh, Larry Nance took a charge on Kyle Kuzma, and as he's laying on the ground, it's Kuzma's sixth foul. He's waving, (laughs) bye-bye, bye-bye, Kyle. Mm. Former teammates with the Lakers back in the day. We're going to start hearing some C.J. McCollum all-star game buzz. Yeah. I do believe yeah. here pretty soon. He's having a really nice season. He's been even better with Zion out, with Brandon Ingram out. And he's going to be the guy on the Pelicans that has the most games played at all-star time. I think he's, what, 36 out of their 40-something games right now. It'll be a little bit of a Mike Conley making the all-star game to me. Nonetheless, he's deserving of the buzz right now. Yeah. Yeah, the only issue for his chances of making it really is there's so many good guards in the Western Conference when we start going through the uh, actual potential selections there at the guard position. Like, if he was, if they could bump him up to, like, a small forward or something like that, I think he'd have, like, no problem getting in there, especially with the Zion injury. But it'll be it'll be tight. But he hasn't made it yet. Yeah, that's right. Nope. Never made it in his career. That's a wild one. Uh, any other thoughts on any of those other games there, TK? Uh, I did see Tyus Jones versus Trey Jones. That's I guess cool. it was their first time starting against each other. Neat. Um, My main takeaway from this was I was reading uh, the recap of this, and Greg Popovich said, I thought the first half both teams were bored to death. It was the most boring basketball I've seen all year. Don't feel like I missed much in this one. (laughs) He then, after the game, Pop basically congratulated the Memphis, like, uh, you know... um, uh, reporters like on having a great team here <laughs> pops all in on the Grizzlies like this is a really good team absolutely enjoy it basically he said uh while you have this right now yeah um I don't I always like uh I always think it's just cool I don't think we make a big enough deal out of brothers playing in the professional basketball league against each other it's one thing to have one child make the NBA to have more than one be the holiday brothers or the plum dogs or whoever I just think that's incredible this one is just under be the, the Wilkins. You know? I know. It used to be Dominique and Gerald. <laughs> but now we got Tyus and Trey. Starting. Now we've got so many. That's why it's not a big deal. I know, anymore. I know, it's because but we shouldn't NBA lose sight players of that. have sons, <laughs> and all of their sons make it to the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Seth and Steph. The Berries, the Millsaps. Millsaps snuck, <laughs> snuck Mil- one. Elijah. Elijah. Nobody remembers the Well, he might as well. We've all named basically well, all of them. Goron and Zoran. Oh, Zoran had a, a cup of Yanis, coffee. A cup of coffee. Thanasi, oh, yeah. Kostas. Yeah. yeah, Thanasi ran on the floor yesterday. Did you see that? Well, he was super <laughs> yeah, jacked, yeah. super pumped about a basket. Once he, he never uh, not? Uh, yeah, but he doesn't go this far. He nearly went to half court. Nearly went to center court. I don't care, but uh, they find they find people, and even Zach Levine, like these are the unwritten rules that happen. So Zach Levine, his putback dunk in the third quarter, uh-huh. Another the other unwritten rule, which gets called sometimes. We talked about it last week on a free throw. On a free throw, he he literally had a putback dunk. He was literally under the basket when the ball hit the rim. Like mm. he was he was there to put it back. Yeah, came in too soon. Oh, it came in way too soon. No, he's allowed on the release. Has to hit. <laughs> no, the shooter's allowed after it hits. He's but he's under the ba- He has to, he was under the basket. He was in the lane. He's allowed to go on the release. So he shoot on the release. He runs in from behind. The ball hits the rim. It's different for the shooter, right? Doesn't have to hit the rim for him to. No, I think only the shooter has the to lane. hit the rim to get into the lane. All right, we gotta check. The, we gotta check, yeah, we gotta check the rules. We gotta check the Joe. I think that sounds right because, like, you know, I'm thinking back to like your MJ dunks off the the free throw misses, yeah. like guys that scream in every once in a while from the three point line. They're not waiting for it to. Oh, it's we when would it's see it, We would see it way more often though. You can't you can't be touching paint before the ball hits the rim. I thought. Who knows? We don't obviously. 
You tell it's us. It's just the rule for the shooter? That's weird. Well, yeah, the shooter can't. Yeah, the shooter, the for, shooter sure, for sure. Yeah. It's got to hit the rim. But it anyway. doesn't matter. They change the rules sometimes, depending on the time of the game, as we've seen. Anyway, Last just, two just some rules. I think Thanasa de Kumpo should be not fined. Um, but also, <laughs> they changed that rule. Can't cheer from the bench anymore. Can't stand up. <laughs> but they let that happen all the time, which they should. Right. Yeah. Uh, they also... When back to like the like uh, guy shooting free throws, like they just decide when they're going to call a lane violation too. Yeah, because <laughs> it happens all the time if you watch a game. Like guys fall, they fall into the lane before the before the shooter has even released the ball, and that is in theory a lane violation. But that half the time they don't care. And why, yeah, yeah. Hey, I I don't like lane violations, but <laughs> occasionally occasionally you got to call it. Uh, <laughs> when I was at the G League game the other day, great call by the referee, three second call. Uh, oh, that that type of lane violation. Oh, okay. It was offensive three seconds. And he was oh. just standing underneath the basket. So the referee came and inbounded right in front of me. I said, Great call, ref. Great call, stripes. <laughs> he was a pro- he was a professional. And didn't even turn Great around. Call stripes. <laughs> Task goes out to these games and cheer on the refs. <laughs> hey, well, they did a good job. <laughs> to man your respect. He's I can I think he's gonna make the big league. This ref? Yeah. Man or woman? He's a man. Okay. Can't give you his name. <laughs> you don't know it? <laughs> Do you know the G League referee's name? I thought you were a real sicko. <laughs> man, if you know the G League referee's names, wow, you're next level. Uh, any uh, any chance you figured out our issue there? I didn't have an issue. Let's just say it that way. You're right. Yes. Okay. So there you go. There's a difference on the shooter and, <laughs> yeah. the, and the guy coming. Hey, in. man, the Bulls just lost a game on a lane violation. I know. Yeah. I know about lane violations. Yeah. This is riveting stuff. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're talking about Katie's injury. We're talking about Gary Trent trade rumors and a whole lot more. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. All right, still here in the Classic Factory. Just a reminder, tonight, NBA Watch Party over on Playback, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. The link is in the YouTube description. So click on that, get yourself a Playback account, sign in with your TV or League Pass, whatever subscription you use to watch the games, and join us tonight live and hang out with us. It'll be a lot of fun. Four people in the room right now. There's four people in there? Waiting. They're waiting. Wow. <laughs> maybe maybe they just open the tab. Some people like to have the tab open so they don't forget. <laughs> cool. Hey, yeah. We'll see you there. Uh, that's like... Uh, oh, I'm here. Yeah, that's like eight hours from now. Um, Rude anyway. Dog, I think, is here. All right. <laughs> Roll call. Everybody jump into the playback right now. Okay, no, we got some news here. Again, this, uh, this news broke right after we wrapped up yesterday's show. Brooklyn Nets star Kevin Durant has an MCL sprain in his right knee. And he will be reevaluated in two weeks. That's what Sham said. I know Woj was saying it's more likely it's going to be a month. 
So we'll see here. It's going to be uh, at least a little bit of time. KD exited in, with the injury in the third quarter of Sunday's game in Miami. Jimmy Butler falling back into him there on a layup attempt. So I guess the question off this, Tass, is um, do the Nets, can they survive without Kevin Durant here for, let's say, anywhere between two to four weeks at least? Yeah, I think they can survive. I think Jacques Vaughn has pushed all the right buttons. <laughs> We've talked about whether he's a quote-unquote better coach than Steve Nash. They're buying in. Uh, he's more hands-on than hands-off. He throws th- than Steve Nash, I, I should say. He you know calls more timeouts. He goes defense-offense. I think he just knows his personnel damn well. So the question is who comes and starts for him because you think of the Nets as a shallow team, but they have options. TJ Warren, who's been their sixth man but is a scorer. Markeith Morris could be sort of just you know your standard type of guy that's that's been around the league for a long time and can just step in uh, but he's you know, really excelled in a backup role Utah Watanabe more defense I think they might go with Cam Thomas to be honest who's kind of like a you know peripheral rotation guy but he can just score mm-hmm. a ton I think they can survive uh, a couple weeks whether it's two or four um you know four uh, four obviously it's getting it's getting up there yeah in terms of games played the all-star break is maybe in the that's that's too far away actually i was gonna say maybe it's in the right spot where they have some time off but that's five weeks away initially great report from shams in, in terms of uh nets positivity two weeks reevaluate in comes Woj with the other report <laughs> i love this battle between shams and Woj. every time there's a uh, uh initial report from shams Woj comes in and says nah it's longer uh, that's what happened with anthony davis as well right and now it's happening here with kevin durant the fact that he played some more possessions leads me to believe it'll be on the shorter end not like last year's uh, situation that ended up being 22 games. So hopefully it's minimal. And so you think it'll be different than last year because uh, they struggled last year when Kevin Durant left the uh, left the lineup. They went 5-16. and 16. They had an 11-game losing streak when they were missing KD there last year. Um, and that sort of like derailed their season. It was a big turning point for them, and they could sure. sort of never catch up. Um, but you think because of the roster construction with Jacques Vaughn, that they just have a little more depth, that they can maybe survive this a little better than they did last year. Do you agree? They're with playing better. I think. Task? Yeah. I think that's the thing. Playing some defense. They're playing better, and outside of KD, this is like the healthiest the Nets have been in basically two seasons. So I'm losing Kevin Durant is obviously a huge blow, but with Kyrie Irving playing at an all-star level since he returned from suspension, and TJ Warren back on the court, Joe Harris back on the court, Seth Curry back on the court. They at least have options, whereas last season you weren't even having Kyrie at home for those games that Kevin, yeah. Dur- Kevin Durant was missing. Eventually they do the trade. James Harden out, Ben Simmons in. He wasn't playing either, so they've at least got options this time around. It's going to have to be Kyrie balling out. Nick Claxton continuing to contribute defensively. That's another silver lining for the Nets. They're playing defense this year. Part of that, certainly, is Kevin Durant being out there, but Claxton is solid. Ben Simmons can be solid from time to time. So what I think they'll probably do is go Kyrie, one of those bigs, either Claxton and Simmons, and then just a bunch of shooters out there and try to outscore teams. We'll find out pretty quickly, I do believe, how the Nets are going to be looking because they go on a five-game road trip starting next Tuesday. They got the Spurs, Suns, Jazz, Warriors, 76ers. Some good teams in there, some bad teams in there. But my guess is if this is only a month for Kevin Durant, they can at least go 500 in the month and stay competitive in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, even if you split the difference between sort of Shams' report saying reevaluate two weeks and then Woj with the four weeks, let's say it's three weeks that he misses. That's ten games, and Trey, you said it. There's a five-game road trip in the middle there. You went over the teams, some winnable games, maybe some not. 
They have two at home, though, here coming up. Unfortunately, we're not going to get Durant versus the Celtics because that's the big one coming up on Thursday night. Then they have a Thunder game at home. And then when they come back from that five-game road trip, they have the Pistons, Knicks, and Lakers. So there are not a ton of, like, incredible teams they're playing over the next three weeks. I mean, I know no, you know, game in the NBA is like an easy win and you just put it in pen. I know that's not the case, but... That's a lot of winnable games, especially the way the Suns are struggling and, like, you know, the Warriors are sort of hit and miss, so they're getting Curry back. So they could – I'm with you. Like, I think the goal for those 10 games is, like, 500 or better, like a 6-4 and four or something like that, and they're super happy, and at least stay within striking distance of your Celtics and your uh, Bucks at the uh, – and I guess the Cavs there, too, who are not far behind them in the Eastern Conference standings. I will say – I've been thinking about this team a little bit. I'm high on the Nets. You know, it sucks this KD injury. Hopefully he's back and he'll be good. I wonder if there's an elephant in the room with this team, though, come playoff time. And that is, they're going to be playing two guys who are super important to their defense in Nick Claxton and Ben Simmons. Two guys who you could potentially go to hack a net. Those guys are horrendous at the free throw lines. It's one thing to have one guy like that and you go up against a crafty coach that, like, wants to stop the bleeding, wants to not have KD or Kyrie shoot the ball because they're just lights out, and just say, all right, we'll just use some fouls and put that guy at the line. Claxton shoots 46.9% from the line. And I had forgotten in last year's playoff series against the Celtics when they got swept, he went 4 for 22 at the free throw line. And then Ben Simmons, he's shooting 41.3% at the free throw line. He's hit one free throw since December 1st. Um... I just wonder if that will rear its ugly head for the Nets here in two guys that they want to play, that they should play because of their defensive acumen that can like really get you out of your flow if a coach gets really crafty and goes the old hack a strategy. Ben has hit one free throw since one December 1st. One free throw since December 1st. Not that he's going to the line a ton. No, he's not. But no, he can't be if he's hit one. I know. He's going to the line one and a half times per game. It's interesting how Superstar goes out, we didn't, Nobody said, "Oh, Ben Simmons got to step up because it's not it's not happening offensively for him." There, there's definitely some holes. the The big man problem is still a problem. Nick Claxton obviously has played really, really, oh, really he's well. Been amazing uh, into year four here, but will he be able to do it in the postseason for long stretches? And as Trey said, Ben Simmons is their backup big, uh, so he ain't really a big. He's he's, he's a large man, <laughs> but uh, you know he's not a center. So there's those holes. The free throw. Uh, uh, problem. It's it's a it's an interesting one. Uh, and and this stretch here with Kyrie as the number one guy, which hasn't proven to be all that fruitful and throughout his NBA history, is going to be interesting. But they are playing harder and scrappier than they've ever played. Than mm-hmm. they were playing last year, even when Kevin Durant went out, and they were they were the two seed then. They were the one seed for a while. So this this is the best version of the Nets. Uh, but yeah, Simmons could Simmons has room to grow. Not not just his free throw shot, but being more aggressive offensively. But yeah, two non shooters when it comes down to the the postseason. They do have uh, some extra future first round picks here because of the Harden trade um, that they potentially could go and try and get reinforcements here. I don't know if they will. They've been active in the bio market before uh, with KD there uh, in uh, in Brooklyn. So we'll see if they make any more decisions here moving forward. Or they just hope it's two or three weeks and KD's back and they just get back to like kicking ass i mean it's disappointing that we're losing KD here when he was having his best season since before the achilles tear like oh, i mean yeah. he's just averaging 37 and 5 basically shooting 56 percent from the field it's a career high he's the most efficient he's ever been right a player efficiency rating of 27 basically like 
you got to go back to like the Warriors title season when Katie's putting up uh, PERs like that. So that sucks. I guess this means he's getting up from the MVP table for a little bit and letting somebody else hold his seat, right? <laughs> I mean, if he misses a month, yeah, it's got yeah. Say it happened with Curry. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Curry's Curry's still in the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. yeah Katie yeah. will still be in the restaurant. <laughs> Probably still gets to draft the all-star teams, too. <laughs> well, yeah. So, yeah. For the second year in a row. Didn't he do that last year? Mm-hmm. He was the all-star captain yep. and didn't even play in the game, but got to draft in against LeBron James. We'll see if he holds on to the uh, most votes there in the Eastern Conference. I guess Giannis was within striking distance. Could take that over. Could get another Giannis versus LeBron when it comes to uh, picking the teams. We got time to figure that out. We probably get our returns on Thursday, our second returns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love returns. Can't wait to talk about the second returns. Uh, all right. <laughs> According to NBA insider Mark Stein, the Raptors are unlikely to trade some of their foundational pieces at the trade deadline. We're talking Siakam, Van Vliet, OG, because they're asking for the moon and more, right? Masai, in theory, is maybe not pushing the big red uh, panic button just quite yet. But according to Stein and his reporting, Gary Trent Jr. is undeniably available in (laughs) trade talks. Uh, Trent has a player option for about $19 for next season, though he's expected to decline. So what do you make of this, Raptors fan number one, Tass Millis? <laughs> not Raptors fan number one. I cannot take that title. No? Who I'm is I'm not it? even... I'm not, James Borbath? Uh, James Borbath? I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Holly McKenzie? Uh, no, you can't pick people in the media game. Oh, why not? Because they're not fans anymore. Oh. They're fans, but not number one fans. Okay, number one fan is... I don't know, he's... Navbacha. Navbacha. It's Navbacha. <laughs> That's the number one fan. Number He's in the one. Hall of Fame, isn't he? He's he in the is Hall the Hall of Fame. Of fame. <laughs> All right, well, what, anyway, yeah. uh, Gary Trent Jr., is he undeniably available? <laughs> yeah. Well, like the, the Fred Van Vliet report that came out recently that he was offered four years, $114 million, and people were saying, what the, what the heck? Why would he turn that down? Well, before the season, Fred coming off an all-star season, going into uh, training camp, as my man Michael Grange pointed out, he sees Tyler Hero sign four for 130 he thinks he's that good. Right. Why shouldn't he? He's going to sign his big deal. To me, Gary Trent is in not Fred Van Vliet territory, but a $19 million option. I'm sure he's going to turn that down and try and go into free agency, like a lot of people, where it's not a, an incredible free agent class. Right. So the Raptors would be smart to listen uh, to offers come their way because Gary could walk away because they do believe in their foundational pieces, as you said, OG, Pascal, and Fred. And as much as we content makers slash partial fans do want to see big trades in the next what we got 30 days here uh i don't think the raps are going to make one of those splashy moves because they do believe in their foundation but i could see gary going somewhere for sure because you can't pay everybody so you think they're going to do with gary what they did with norm powell Yeah, it's interesting. Right, in in terms of, like, we don't want to be – we're going to lose them maybe for nothing, so let's get a younger player and whatever, a pick or something like that. Um, You think this is something uh, that happens here, TK, undeniably? (laughs) (laughs) I undeniably think it happens because uh, just looking at Masai's track record, this is the Norm Powell trade all over again. You don't want to pay a guy $25 to come off the bench, basically, when you're trying to – fill out a rotation after a couple of seasons of basically playing seven guys. So, yeah, I can understand Gary Trent Jr. being available and being the most available of anybody on the Raptors outside of, I don't know, I I suppose Van Vliet's available as well because similar sort of situation where he's going to be looking to cash in as well, though Gary is probably helping his trade value a little bit more than Fred is. 
Gary Trent Jr. is not even 24 years That's old. That's crazy. Too. I know. I know. <laughs> he should be at least 27. He's almost 24. <laughs> he, he turns uh, 24 here in, in a couple of weeks. Um, but he's averaging, I mean, 25 points per game right now, like over his last six or something like that, shooting 45% from three. The weird part is Raptors fans is like, the idea of trying to like remove Gary Trent Jr. from your team right now when you can barely hit a shot as it is, especially a three, and he's like the one guy. I mean, he's like their second most important offensive player. Uh, after Siakam over the last little while. Like, he is, like, he has his limitations, and he got called out by Nick Nurse earlier this year. Like, come on, you got to get back to being, like, that scrappy defensive guy and getting those steals and deflections. And he started to kick that up here, but it just, it's weird if they do move him for the idea of, like, you know, helping their books and stuff like that and trying to get another young player back, maybe a pick or something, because he is, they're one of their best offensive players <laughs> for this season. That's just facts. He is. Yeah. <laughs> he is. But they're sliding. Uh, Even though they got that win against the Blazers, his old team, they're sliding towards the bottom of the the picture. And do they want to make a decision to not go for it, to not be a a mid-team this season? You see, as the Bulls are turning it around and they look great, they're sitting. They're sitting eleventh. They're getting a little bit more entrenched. Gary entrenched in eleventh, and maybe they want to go down the standings. Maybe they want to build around their big core their core and their core is not Gary Trent Jr. and so that I could I could see that and we're we're probably not going to see the big names go across the league especially because they the the asking price is so high for OG and we talked about the the packages that have gone for Rudy and Donovan Mitchell and Kenya can any team really come close to that now they're not offering their best packages right now 30 days out but I think these are the types of players we're probably going to see we keep talking uh, about the Lakers having to make a move, you know, help out LeBron, get a, get a shooter, get a scorer. You know, we've always said Buddy Heald makes sense there, and Bogdanovich on the Pistons makes sense there. What about Gary Trent Jr. as uh, that piece to add to LeBron and AD? I thought, didn't think, I, didn't, I wasn't going to be the one to say the Lakers. I just wasn't going to be well, the one. But I yeah, got him on my list, but I think they they'll fed. be going for somebody that's a bigger name than right. Gary Trent Jr. Like Patrick Beverly, Damian Jones, and one of those picks down the line. That certainly gets it done, uh, I think, for both Toronto and L.A., but they probably want Buddy Heald ahead of Gary Trent Jr., I would imagine, and if they're going to be splitting the picks, who knows? I just I just imagine the Lakers aren't targeting Gary number one no, no. Uh, with that pick. He would fit. There's no doubt. Um, his his Gucci would fit on, on the bench in, <laughs> in L.A. for sure. Uh, but, yeah, they, that would get it done, I, I think. Uh, the Beverly plus first-round pick. I would get it done. Right. Um, you could even, well, he can't be traded until the January 15th, but Thaddeus Young and Gary Trent Jr. could go to L.A. for like a nun, Beverly, one of the picks, let's say 27 first-round pick, and then I think you'd probably have to throw in like Lonnie Walker the fourth. Um, that could uh, could happen. I think uh, just, just Trent Jr. for the Lakers side of things, I'm with you, TK. I don't think he's at the top of their list, but, you know, if you start striking out or teams are asking too much for Buddy Heald or Bogdanovich or whoever, then maybe you start going down the list and it's like, all right, he can he can contribute and we can get him in theory not for too, too much. Though maybe that's too much to some people. I don't know. I don't know what Lakers fans think of Gary Trent Jr. He is good. He can hit the three. Uh, I went and fired up. I actually didn't make these trades, but I saw them in the uh, people trying trades for Gary Trent Jr. So I wanted to throw a couple at you. Again, I did not create these. I am just chucking them out there into the podcast atmosphere. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. to the Orlando Magic for Mo Bamba and Jalen Suggs. Oh. They just completely give up on Suggs. No, they're not giving. That's too much. <laughs> okay, again, right? These are not mine. 
right. <laughs> Gary Trent Jr. to the Charlotte Hornets for PJ Washington, Mason Plumley, the Plum Dog, and then one of their first round picks, probably by way of Denver. Okay. There's no immediate uh, reaction. Give, give us Gary to a good team, man. Okay. Yeah, we don't want to hear about Gary Trent Jr. to the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, now we're talking. For Reggie Bullock, Dwight Powell, and a future first round pick, probably in 25. So it wouldn't be for this year. I think that's reasonable. Dallas would certainly do it. Yeah. Um, yeah so. Dwight Powell in Canada. How exciting would that be? <laughs> Very. Super exciting. But Very. I think, I mean, I think that that's a, a reasonable trade for both sides. Yeah, it's reasonable. Mm. Yeah, don't you're love thinking, it. You're thinking that's not enough for Gary? No, no, I don't I'm think not. I'm not. No, I just think it's it's fine. And the Mavs are interesting. They released Kemba Walker. They're looking for a guard. Uh, they're playing McKinley, that little spark plug. Like they they want a guard, and so yeah, they've got Gary, but they also have Tim Hardaway. Like what, yeah, like, <laughs> it does feel very Tim Hardaway like. Yeah, just because they both have juniors, and they both had dads that played in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> they both are don't you know, like the defensive end shooters. as much. Yeah, and they like uh, letting it fly. Let's hear your best Gary Trent Jr. trades. I got one for you. All right. How about to the Suns? The Phoenix Suns. They need somebody who can get a bucket. They do not care about drafting players at all. James Jones has said it himself. Yep. So, Gary Trent Jr. for Jay Crowder, Dario Saric, and a pick. Then you get to flip Crowder to somebody else, maybe. I mean, sure. I'm not against it. I'm not against it. Uh, The pick. I guess a first-round pick this year. One of theirs, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah a, they're it's sliding. If, <laughs> it's, it's, if the raps, the if, it's if the Raps want to play her back because the first round pick, obviously, they're they're juicy. If they can get a first, they're probably only going to get one of a player or a pick for Gary yeah, Trent yeah, that yeah. they like. Yeah. So if they're high on Mobamba because they need a desperate center or center desperately, they don't need a desperate center. They need a center <laughs> desperately, uh, or or the first round pick, which yeah, they probably the pick is probably higher on the priority list because you know Trey slipped it in there. They need players, mm-hmm. and maybe not guys that are on their second contract getting paid. Maybe a little cheaper player. Like they need to fill out their roster. So, yeah. Or but you know, then you flip Crowder. Sure. Um, Suns are an injury. The guy's now playing. It's so weird. What the, what's happening with the Suns? Final. Uh, I don't know. Piece of news. Let's call it here. We slipped this in at the end of yesterday's show, but now we have the footage. Eleven-year NBA vet Jared Jeffries. He won a brand new car on the latest episode of The Price is Right. It aired on Monday. Uh, Jeffries aced the game one away. Oh, I love this which, game. Which uh, won him a, a red Toyota here. We're going to see in a second. Apparently worth uh, 22000 plus. Yeah, he's pumped. Wow. Let's go check that car out, Jared. He's going to run over. I don't think you're going to fit all that well in that car, if we're being honest. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, Jared Jeffries made $40 million playing in the NBA, but that's two Toyotas. Hey, a car's a car. Uh, <laughs> so, I just wanted to know, I wanted to show you that clip because I think it's very funny. Go ahead. So, they have a, uh, we just saw the audience. Yeah. Is there a secondary audience I, now? I don't know. I haven't watched Prices Right recently. I don't know what was going on with that little, yeah, they, yeah like the way, is this a, like a COVID thing? Separate people? I don't know. Because you this know is new. You, they used to all be just out in the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. This must be a secondary like, come on I think up. the original must be there <laughs> behind the contestants who who jump up to the mic. Their their initial bid, you know, five, six, ten rows. It was, it was big. Oh, it was, it was like ten rows. Yeah, yeah oh, huge. Yeah, yeah, like a stadium. Nobody yeah. goes to prices right alone. So you get to bring yeah. your, <laughs> your cheering conglomerate with you. I don't know. That's crazy. It's changed it. You're right. Yeah. I don't know why. Anyway, yeah, that's probably just a second one. So you get more excitement. 
when somebody what do you mean went. A second one. I don't understand what you mean. I think no. I think there's two, <laughs> two sets, two sets of audiences. That's, what? So why? That couldn't be. That can't be the audience. Maybe they don't let as many people in now. We got to see the come on down. Anyways, that's, anyways, that's how we can know. <laughs> Jerry Jeffries, come on down. Okay. Jerry Jeffries. Anyway. eleven years wins it. Wins a car. Yeah, that's right. That's hard to ace that game. The up down game. <laughs> uh, one away. <laughs> uh, well, I wanted to know what was your favorite Price game? Is Right game. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Hmm. I like the man uh, going up the uh, oh, cliffhangers. cliffhangers. That's a great game. The little called, uh, yodeling yeah. guy, little mountain climber. <laughs> yodel. yale, yale, yale. Yeah. And then he oh, fall, And then like you just got to be close. Yeah, in your price, you got to be within twenty five steps. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. So like I don't know. I saw one where the woman had to guess how much a passport cover cost. What do you think a passport cover? <laughs> passport what cover. Passport cover. What is even twenty five bucks? I don't. Know. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah what yeah. is like a little? Yeah, like, like a plastic? piece of like a leather you would put yeah. your passport uh, in to protect it. Yeah, twenty five, sure. Oh, you guys are going way up the hill. Only sixteen dollars, so she only got four steps okay, yeah. uh, and had a chance to win it. That one. That one's great. Uh, Plinko. Plinko. Oh, Plinko is sick, yeah. but that one's pure luck. Yeah, I know. I would be. I'd be excited and disappointed, like. You think you're doing anything, no. but you're not doing anything. No, you're not. You're not doing anything. I watch that on CBS now. Yeah. What's the game called now? The CBS remake of Plinko, basically, but they it's not a, called Plinko. They've it's, got a just Plinko? What? It's not Plinko, but it's, Plinko they copied baby. it. Wait, you're thinking Wordle? No. Oh, no, they, <laughs> yeah. no, they copied the Plinko board. Really? But it's not called Plinko, but it's Plinko. Then they just dropped the thing. They dropped the puck. They, yeah, they dropped something. Uh, yeah. Anyways, go on. <laughs> I'll think. Uh, go ahead. Uh, the other one I would say that's sweet is Dice Game. I have dice game too. I love dice game. Dice game, game is awesome. Gigantic dice. dice. Yeah. You're winning a car. Like you're playing for a car. You just throw that thing out there, hoping for ones and for sixes. sixes. Yeah. Great game. Because then if you roll a three, they put it up in the thing, That's and then you got to go higher or higher lower. Or lower. Yeah, higher yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to guess all those game. digits. And I've said uh, on our No Buff Survivor podcast before. That's how I wish they uh, they did the um, shot in the dark. <laughs> like the straight up giant fuzzy dice that you get to roll that would be great. instead of some yeah. dumb like just scroll you read yeah alright dice game and cliffhangers wow we're on the same page here and oh. Planko which is a classic NBC's The Wall it's not CBS oh I do remember that <laughs> yeah. game is that yeah. still on? I don't know it was I, produced was by like... LeBron James that's why it was oh yeah 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 the but that wall. was like a, it was a giant Planko yeah right? yeah yeah okay well let's hear from everybody out there what about the, just to the spin the wheel on prices? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a great one. I don't consider that a game. It's not I considered guess. a that's game. That's to get into the showcase. Man, you can uh, you can fall down an insane rabbit hole looking at the prices right uh, like um, wiki. Mm-hmm. It is wild the stats and like the details into like every game that we're talking about. There's a page for, and then there's like fifty like instances where like Bob on this episode did so and so it's like incredible breakdowns like somebody's logging all this or they got a team of prices right sickos and this game's been on for like or show's been on for like what f- 50 years longer I feel right? like Drew Carey's hosted it for 20 years well, well, yeah, right, that's crazy right. it's, a, it's called Bob Barker Studio now <laughs> named it after him. as it should be as it should be JD. Yeah. do you have a favorite prices right game I don't I like the bids off the top. Like, mm. oh yeah, bidding. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not that familiar. I usually just make it as far as the bids, and then I just flip away. That's it. <laughs> and I like the wheel too. That's all. It's all <laughs> okay. It's like the best prop in TV history. Maybe it's got to be top five, right? Wow. Like the. Yeah, it's not even the number one wheel out there. Come on, guys. 
Wheel of Fortune? No. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. But Number one wheel. Yeah, but the, the vertical yeah. wheel. And it's more fun to spin. Totally. I like People it. fall over when they yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's great. You can get like tiny people that can like hang on it almost yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Rip it. And it takes forever, hang too. On. It's got to go around once. got to go around yeah. once. <laughs> you got some tap dancing. Bob Barker tap dancing while that thing is spinning and mm-hmm. spinning. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then that little like walkover. If you're the highest, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, bid right now, or at least just score, just stand and wait. <laughs> just stand yeah. right there. That's what these <laughs> <laughs> Man, I gotta start watching prices right. Got a lot of just like hangout areas on the prices right. <laughs> They've got the huge audience section. Like six people come up, but they got a studio audience of six hundred. Yeah, we've got the secondary waiting area. <laughs> well, yeah. We don't even know what this. You is. got the yeah. spin area. You got the wait to spin area. If you win the first one, they're sending you over to the Showcase Showdown. you got to wait another half hour to guess at stuff. <laughs> this is the most relaxing game out there. Yeah, yeah, looks fun. I would love to go be in the audience for Price oh. Right. Just yeah. to, I just want to yell at – I, I want you to be up there so I can just yell at you my uh, what I want you to do. That's my favorite part. I got one and you'll be looking back at us like, oh. Yeah. Oh, we have matching shirts. I would love it. Uh, you don't want me to go though because the only thing I'm yelling every time, $1! <laughs> one dollar! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Play it, play it safe. Play it safe. All right. Let's go. <laughs> let's take our final break. When we come back, pick them results and tweet of the night. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. 
All right, back in the Classic Factory, some uh, Price is Right facts for you. It's been on for 51 years, started in 1972. Uh, Drew Carey has been a host for like 15 years plus already. Jeez. That's wild. Bob Barker, still alive, (laughs) 99 years old. Incredible. And uh, Aaron Paul, Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad, once played the dice game. One of our favorites. <laughs> so, great. That's great. Just a couple facts about The Price is Right, and we'll be doing that every day for the rest of the week here <laughs> on No Ducks. Okay, pick them results. Last night, oh, man, Drew Holiday screwed me. I was feeling real good about my Knicks. Covering at least, you know, plus two and a half dogs. But Drew Holiday couldn't miss down the stretch, and uh, in the end, Milwaukee covered. I needed Grayson Allen to miss some free throws at the end, too. That would have worked in my favor, because Jalen Brunson took it in. Even though they really needed a three, that was a little odd. They were running out of time. They were running out of timeouts. He took the easy two. It was a two-point game. I would have covered, but Grayson Allen obviously fouled, and then he hit those. So, in the end, you guys win. Uh, Trey is five and one. You're two and four, tied with me. Two and four in January. Tonight's game. We got a couple on tonight. Yeah, TNT a doubleheader this evening. Seven-game sked. And as we said, we're doing a, a playback viewing party. Come on by. I see some people jumped into the room. <laughs> I'm hanging out here. <laughs> Jumped up to eight. Now it's back to four. Somebody dropped a flame emoji, then nice. jumped out. Oh, nice. Anyways, uh, we'll be watching this game, OKC and Miami. The Heat favored by four and a half. I think OKC can keep it close while you guys have the Heat after, uh, you know, they had a decent weekend. They beat the Suns yep. on Friday night, and then Sunday they should have beat the Nets without Durant in the fourth quarter, but they couldn't do that. So I think the Thunder can't keep it close on an offense against an offense that... Ain't that good. Although Tyler Hero should be playing. He slipped on the uh, the final play there. Looked bad, but he should be playing. Seems like he's all right. So first game of TNT doubleheader. Log into your provider, whatever it is. YouTube mm-hmm. TV. Come on over. We'll have some fun. We'll jump and watch Donovan Mitchell. A lot of cheers for Donovan Mitchell going back to Utah. Oh, I soup, so yeah. That should be. Shocked. Should yep. be. Mostly, um, mostly cheers. All right. So, yeah, the Heat, they're a bit of a heckle and jive team. Heckle and Jide? Yeah. <laughs> Hold sense. on. I just said that. That sounds wrong coming out of my mouth. It oh, is wrong. Way wrong. You switched Jack the letters. Oh, okay. God, what? Well, I like <laughs> You guys reacted like I said it correctly. I'm like, I did not say that correctly. And then I was really confused because you guys reacted like <laughs> well, I Well, it's correct. It's correct because they are a Jekyll and Hyde team. And then you swapped the letters. Oh, so. But that, wouldn't that mean then they're not a Jekyll and Hyde team? <laughs> Brother Hackle yeah. and Jide. Heckle and jive. What the hell is wrong with that? Jide is a crazy word to say. <laughs> yeah. Jide. <laughs> all three of you, the way you reacted, I was like, whoa. Sounds like Bob uh, Barker learned that dance move in the 60s, the heckle and jide. <laughs> anyway. When he was 50. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, you never know what you're going to get from the Miami Heat. And OKC, their offense right now is humming. So that could be uh, a very close game, or they could even win that for crying out loud on the road. So, so watch, find out. watch some shade tonight, some J-dub. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. It's me with the Tweet of the Night. This one comes from an account called Iconic Poorly. You guys want to remember something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't love remembering things? Iconic Poorly says, who remembers the Nutmeg 90s NBA tees? Classic! It's a classic. We got to show it. There's a Charlotte Hornets butt right there. <laughs> That's what these were called. That's what eh? these were called. Well, Nutmeg, I think, was a brand who made mm. sportswear in the '90s, and this was one of their 
I guess signature designs. We got a Hornets one where you're seeing the Hornet breaking through the front of your shirt on the back. It says Hornets, and you're seeing a little stinger with those. That Hornet's ripping through your body. Just a Hornet tearing (laughs) through your sternum. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's pretty funny. Also, the Chicago Bulls one is funny because you get to see its hooves. (laughs) When you think of the Bulls, you don't really think about the Bulls' hooves all that often. No, no. Um, Or its ass. (laughs) No, yeah, you don't expect that. A much more dangerous ripping, it looks yeah. like, here from the Bulls compared to the, the Hornets. The Hornet kind of just, like, glided on through from the back. This one is somehow tearing your back <laughs> and your front in the Bulls. I guess it's probably because of the horns. <laughs> so, I'm trying right. to think of, like, a good question to ask off this. <laughs> what did you come up with? Which mascot would you most like to see from behind? <laughs> Great question. I don't think that's a bad question at all. <laughs> um, wow. Let me think about it. I'm going with Clutch the Bear. Yeah, we've seen him from behind. Yeah, he's like. always taking his pants off. He never wears them. He just wears a, yeah, it's a good point. trench coat. But, <laughs> but Donkadonk on that bear. I'd yeah. love to see it. I was thinking for the same reason. A large Badonkadonk. Bernie of the Heat, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's very bottom heavy. Yeah, same shape. Those... I'm just glad nobody said uh, Lucky the Leprechaun. (laughs) Just a straight up man. (laughs) Just mooning you. (laughs) Drop your your funny pants there, Leprechaun. Let's see it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm trying to... I guess... Yeah, Bernie. I guess Bernie's sort of clutch-like. Yeah. Uh, Gee whiz. The wizard's (laughs) mascot. He's sort of like a stuff... The magic mascot, just big old furry guys. Big old furry guys. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorites. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good. <laughs> Good stuff. Let us know down below in the comments uh, which mascot would you most like to see from behind. I heard the Raptors uh, mascot didn't have anything on the back. The Raptors shirt didn't have anything on the back because you remember the Raptor busted through. Yeah. When yeah, they were yeah, when yeah. they were announced. Thomas, yeah. yeah, he busted through the logo. Yeah. Um, so there was nothing on the back. It was just the front, just to, <laughs> just to uh, symbolize that moment. All right. Yep. I thought the question story, you were bro. gonna ask was, not you know, outside of the Hornets and the Bulls, which mascot would you least want ripping through your sternum? Ooh, that's also a good question. <laughs> I think a, I think a pelican would be brutal. Uh, just beaking you. Yeah. Beak through the back. That would be bad. That would be bad. <laughs> yeah, a lot of good options. If you're getting your sternum torn, I can't pick one that I would like. What you know, what's a, like a Pacers race car ripping through? Ooh, that'd, be bad. that'd be a tough one. <laughs> coyote just. Oh, the coyote with crazy eyes crazy coming eyes. through. Just the eyes poking up. But he lo- he lost one of his eyes, like in your body. Bring yeah. it back. Nutmeg. I did not Bring know that's what that was back. called. Okay, I'd like to see that. Great. That looks like a fun Twitter account. Is that a fun follow? I don't know. That's oh. the first, <laughs> first tweet I've seen from this account. <laughs> you want me to check their other tweets, see what's up? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll give them a follow. I feel like that's going to be stuff we like. Just like uh, I love that 90s uh, NBA account that just uh, shares like literally screen grabs from like weird 90s NBA broadcasts. There was a great Ernie Johnson with full yep. set of hair, yep. full head of hair and glasses and stuff like NBA that. NBA 90s. Yeah, that, that I think this is going to be similar. I'm okay. bringing back the 90s. All right. We're in. Jokes. Got some jokes here. <laughs> good, good account. Yep, check good the tweet jokes, of the yeah. night yeah. and uh, apparently actual Twitter account of the week. Go give it a follow. Okay, let's call it there. Join us tonight.
playback, watch party, NBA action with No Dunk, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. The link is right there in the YouTube description. We'll be back here tomorrow to talk about tonight's games and any other NBA news. Maybe do a little beach step in. So get your questions in, nodunksattheathletic.com or tweet them in, at nodunksinc. And we got a fun podcast, bonus podcast, I guess, coming up later this week. We're going to once again do our tiers when it comes to the NBA teams. You know, our final contenders all the way down to our Area 51 teams, which were the tankers Mm -hmm. for the alien Wembenyama. So we'll do that again uh, later this week. That'll be a bonus podcast. Otherwise, we're here in the Classic Factory all week long sharing prices, right facts. Until tomorrow or tonight, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, if you want to see Victor Wembanyama warm up, you can jump over to the NBA app and just see his warm-ups. Really? They're in story form. Oh. Like Instagram stories. You just, just watch his warm-ups. Oh, this is what he did on his first foray to the rim in warm-ups. Oh, this is what he did on the second one. Oh, They're all there. This is what he did. Dunk. He scored on most of them. <laughs> I hope so. Good. Just so you know. All right, go check it out. We'll see you guys uh, either later tonight or tomorrow. Brace the day, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.